sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. God is wanting to release gifts. He's wanting to put gifts in our lives, and that's the focus this month, especially this, this whole term, actually, but especially this month. We want to trust that God going to pour out gifts into our lives. Okay, so today we're going to focus on the prophetic. So let me pray and I'm going to share. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you want to pour out gifts. You want to give each one of us gifts. So Lord, we ask, Holy Spirit, awaken us, ignite our spirit, Lord, our faith, our expectation. Lord, we pray that you'd come and unlock the gifts of the Spirit, specifically the prophetic. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, God, we ask for faith to be unlocked in our hearts. Have your way, lead us, reveal to us, God, your heart, your plans for each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so I absolutely love the prophetic. You know, when, when God begins to speak, anything can happen. Anything can happen. So we're currently doing, uh, in the life groups, we're doing the curriculum titled Called by John Bevere. And it's, it's all about what are you called to do? What is, what is your purpose in life? And it's, it's, it's incredible. It's just brilliant, practical especially the later parts, is really practical. And so the, the, the Word of God reveals to us, you know, our general um, purpose, our general uh, 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 mission in life. You know, we are called to worship God. We are sons or daughters of God. We are destined to seek first the kingdom. You know, so the, the Word of God gives us all these general, you know, the the definitions of who we are and what we call to live for, but it doesn't give us specifics. You know, the the the, the word of God does is not going to say, "Well, you're called to be a doctor." You know, it it, it it's probably not going to say to you uh, who you're supposed to marry, unless maybe her name is Sarah. You know, then Abraham, Sarah. You know, that you, you can maybe hit hit the Sarah there. You know, but. Uh, but, but you, we need specific guidance from God in terms of who we are and, and what we are called in life. So, so, so God gives us different tools for this, obviously the Word of God, but He also gives us the gift of prophecy. The gift of prophecy. So I wanna, I'm going to unpack it for us today. And, and, and one of the key things, I've previously spoken about this, but the, the voice of the enemy breaks us down, but the, the voice of God gives us the breakthrough. Amen. So, so a lot of us are hearing voices. We are even, even through other people, we're hearing voices of we're not good enough. We don't qualify. It's not going to work out well. Uh, it's a mess. South Africa's a mess. We're all hearing voices. And those voices tend to steal our confidence, steal our joy, steal our hope. It tends to break us down. Even the voices through people. And we're all hearing voices. But then there's a better voice. The voice of our Heavenly Father. And that voice, His voice, gives us the breakthrough. It, it calls us higher. It moves us into another dimension. 
And, and so when it comes to prophecy, there, there are different areas where, 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 where the prophecy speaks to us. You see, God has a good plan for your life. You need to believe it with all your heart. He has a good plan. Come on, let's say it. God has a good plan for my life. Okay, yes. And so when it, when it comes to that good plan, when, when the prophetic word comes, when God speaks to us, it releases hope for the future. It anchors us. You might be going through a difficult season, a really, really, really difficult season. But when you have the word of God, a promise from the Lord, you see, man, I'm going through a difficult, I'm going through hell, but I'm seeing good in my future. And so that word anchors you. I have had many such seasons, and then the Word gives me faith and hope and anchors me to keep on going. And then the, the Word of God comes and, and gives us glimpses of the future in terms of vision. His plan for your life, his, the, the, the bigger plan for your life. And, and every now and again, God gives us glimpses, and it's sort of an invitation where He's saying, push in for more. Ask me for more. I have more available to you. And so he gives his word and he gives us a glimpse of the future so that you and I would keep on going. You see, when you want to fulfill your call in life, you're going to get opposition. From the devil, from people, from circumstances, there will be opposition. You will not be able to fulfill your true life call or achieve great things for God, whatever that might be, whether it be your, your business, your, 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 your family, um, uh, where, wherever you might find yourself, there will be obstacles. How do you press through the obstacles? It's when you hear the voice of God saying to you, I see this beyond the obstacle. So you press on. It's like you're walking through the desert and it's like you don't see the end of this thing. You're about to give up, stop and turn back. And the Lord says, no, there's an oasis just one kilometer further. Keep going. And so you press on and you press forward. So, so you know, I, I experience this in my own life continuously. It's like I'm seeing something in my mind. I'm seeing something incredible and I'm getting words every now and again God is saying there's more there's more there's more and then I hear more words of what God is wanting to do and so I push for more and and it's sometimes a challenge because a whole lot of other people are not seeing it you know say in our church family other pastors and people they they're not seeing it. every person is focusing on their deal but i am seeing something specific that god is revealing to me and i'm saying guys let's go for it i'm bringing my deal let's go for it you know and and you can only do that through prophecy otherwise you're going to like am i nuts why am i what, what am i am i what, what, where am i going to and so you need a word for your future you need a vision let's say your marriage is really battling and it's, it's a mess, it's game over, it's divorce. How do you know if you should keep on fighting for that marriage? How do you know if, you know, if you have tried and you have tried and you have tried, but you don't know the future, you don't know your, your, the, your, the, your partner's heart, how he or she will respond, unless you have a word from God. And the Lord says, don't give up, keep going. Keep fighting for her heart. Keep fighting for his heart. Keep going. I'm going to turn it. 
A word gives you the courage when you keep on getting rejected or keep on like, eh, it doesn't look like this is going to solve. It really doesn't look as this is going to pan out. But you have a word. So you keep on going. Amen. You need a word. You need a word from God. You need direction. And sometimes it's just a glimpse. You don't get the whole picture. You just get a glimpse. Sometimes you, you come to, to, to a, 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 a crossroads in your life and you need to decide now, left or right, which way should I go now? You need a word. You need guidance. You need to believe that you have a, a loving Heavenly Father who is still speaking and He has a good plan for your life and now He's going to show you. Do it. Go for it. This way. Not that way. <laughs> you know? Which is awesome. I mean, if we live in that place of intimacy with God, it is so liberating because He directs you. He, he gives you hope for the future. He gives you glimpses of what He's planned for you. He directs you on your path. It's incredible. I remember the first word I received in 1997, I think it was. Uh, it was just a year saved. There was a Ukrainian pastor, a pastor from the South African, but he, he, he was in the Ukraine doing ministry, and he came and ministered at our church. And uh, I responded in the altar call, came forward, and he prayed over me. And, and the one, uh, he, he, just, he just gave me hope for the future. He said to me, I remember it still, it was like a, a defining, defining word. It's like, it started to stir in me faith for the future. And the word was something along these lines, that people are going to look at you in the future, and they're going to be amazed, because they're going to say, but, but, but he's so ordinary. How is it possible? How is it possible, all the things that are happening through his life. How is it possible? And that gave me hope. That's, that, that's that sort of a defining word for my life. It's like, I am a nobody. I am ordinary. But I serve an almighty God that's going to just blow people's minds. You know? And, and another time, someone prayed over me. And the word came. I think the pastor also, 97 around there, prayed over me. And he, and he said something about a youth ministry. And so I felt, man, maybe someday I'm going to go into youth ministry. I was studying engineering. I don't really know the future. So I thought maybe when I'm 40 years old, one day I will go into youth ministry. That's what I thought. And then I was finishing my master's degree in engineering. And I was like in that, in that season, I was one night, I was, I just as I went to bed, the Holy Spirit said to me, now apply for a job at the church. I thought it was going to be six months. It's now 18 years later. But again, it was a defining moment, a window. If I waited a week later, the door would have been closed. It was a defining moment. That moment was the Lord spoke and I could step into that next key phase of my, of my journey. And you, you, you might not be called to full-time ministry, but in the same way, God wants to direct you and guide you. And many of us have stories of, of, of crossroad moments where God spoke, or even just you had supernatural peace, and you just knew, this is the way. This is where I should go. This is the path I should take now. 
So, so, so prophecy, it not, it, it gives us an idea of the plan of God for our lives, and God has a good plan. His voice gives us the breakthrough. You see, when, when you receive a prophetic word, it's not only directive, there's also something that comes with it. It's called grace. Come on, say grace. Grace, different, different definitions of grace, but one of the main definitions of grace, the one is unmerited favor, and another definition, often the scriptures, when it says grace, it means empowerment. It means empowerment. In other words, you receive a word from God, and the moment you receive the word, you don't only receive a word, but you receive the power to change and to see it come to pass. So another area where prophecy works is, is like through um, revealing who you really are. You see, we don't know who we really are. But the designer, the creator, the God who made us, he knows who we are. So at times, he speaks and he reveals to you who you truly are. And you're like, no way. I never saw myself like that. You see, if we, are, if we, if we, if we leave ourselves just to life, you will not discover who you really are. But when you pursue God and you position yourself in a place where he can speak to you and we position ourselves and we create a prophetic culture in our church, we create an environment where we can get glimpses of who we really are and then you can pursue it. It is epic. Anything can happen when God speaks, unlocks identities, unlocks destinies. It is amazing. The voice of God gives us the breakthrough. So I was thinking last year, August... Uh, we had a prayer meeting, Ignite prayer meeting, and in that meeting, um, we were just worshiping the Lord, and at some point, I started to hear the voice of God, just very clearly, in my, pictures in my mind, and, 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 and a voice on the inside. It's not an external booming voice, it's like, a, you just know this is the Holy Spirit now speaking to me. I heard a few things that the Lord spoke to me. The one thing was about a writing anointing. I saw a vision of, uh, you know, that at the bank, at the old, I don't know if it's still doing it, old days, you had the pen and you had a little chain on it, you know. And I saw, I saw a pen, golden pen, with a chain on it, and the chain went all the way into heaven. And from heaven, there was this anointing just coming down the chain, and, I, and the Lord said, I've given you a writing anointing. You need to write. Because, man, life's busy, and you need motivation, and you need an anointing. You know, so trusting God for, for the next book that I'm, that I'm writing. But I, I, it encourages me, and the, and the Lord has spoken to me also that, that ah, just sharing a few, I was planning to say this, but um, I, I feel like I have a promise for this next book that I'm going to write. I, I believe God is saying it's going to open doors to, to, to different denominations and different churches. It's going to build bridges to the wider body of Christ. Hallelujah. May it be in Jesus' name. But see, those words gives you, it stirs faith in you, and you say, okay, well, let's walk in the direction of this word. Let's step out. Let's do this. No, 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 I'm not trying to make money. No, I'm not trying to glorify myself. No, I'm not wanting to be famous. I just want to obey God. I want to do what he's called me to do. But you need a word. And one of the other words, that same night, I received a word. The Lord said to me, we must take evangelism outside of the church. We must do evangelistic crusades. I heard the Lord say, I see you doing evangelistic crusades. And I just wrote that down and, and made a note of it. 
And then later last year, I sat with Pastor Vuyo from Cambridge. We were sitting, having coffee. And as we were sitting, I said, man, let's do a, a mini evangelistic crusade. And I felt the Lord say that if we step out and we do this, He's going to remove the lid and He's going to take us into another level of His grace. And that's exactly what I experienced. End of January, stepping out six nights. And as we stepped out, I felt like God just taking my faith next level, anointing next level, heart for souls next level, signs and wonders next level. So the Lord gives us keys. What's the next step, Lord? What's your next step? To unlock a greater measure of His, of His power and His presence in your life. So, let's look at this. 1 Samuel 10 verse 6. It says, now this is king, before Saul became king, Samuel the prophet was sent to Saul. Because Saul had no idea who he is. He didn't know that he's going to be king. He didn't know that God chose him to be king. He didn't know what his future looked like. He was actually quite humble, shy, big guy. And it says there, and Samuel prophesies, he says, then the spirit, he prophesies about his future, he says, then the spirit of the Lord will come upon you and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. Transformation. So this is what happens. The Spirit of the Lord comes upon one and then prophecy. You hear God's voice, you speak His heart, and then transformation. You become changed and, and also prophecy can bring transformation to others. If you would ask Sonica in our 18 plus years of, of marriage, there were key moments that, that you know, I, th- I remember the one time we went to a coffee shop and I think it was our anniversary or something, or it was her birthday, and I just decided, man, I want to bless her. So as we're sitting there at the coffee shop, I said, I want to pray over you. And what we normally do is we take our phone and we record the audio of the prophecy, and then I prophesied some things. I felt, I felt, Sonic, I feel God is saying this about you, of who you are. I feel this about your future. I see this. You know, and then recently Sonica showed me that those words have come to pass over the last year or so in her life. See, those key moments, or like with Vian, um, our son, 10-year-old son, on his birthday, 24 December, we washed his feet, and then every year we pray over him and prophesy over him. And, and last year, the, the power of the Holy Spirit came upon him. He was... <laughs> We were going to watch a movie, so you, you, you're excited about the movie, about the, about the gifts and everything else. Next moment, the power and the presence of God comes upon Vian, and he, he's like lying on the couch for like 10 minutes. Like, this is awesome. <laughs> the presence of God touching him. So you can't fake it with a 10-year-old. Eh? It's either God or it's not going to work. <laughs> and then we just re- release prophetic words about his future. When Vian was six years old, um, I, I was in a season just after my passport was stolen. For about nine weeks, Sonica couldn't sleep. And I was day and night just seeking the face of God for breakthrough for Sonica. And, and in that season, God spoke to Vian. And I think it was in that season, maybe just after that season, we came home from church the one Sunday. He was six and he was just sitting on the floor in our, in our house and just playing. And at some point, Vian said to, to, to us, Daddy, 
Jesus just spoke to me. And both Sonic and I stopped. We were like busy. We stopped because we know this is like a God moment. This is a God moment. And we said, Vian, what did Jesus say to you? And he said, no, Jesus said to me, Daddy, one day when you're dead, I'm going to lead the church. <laughs> and I said, well, you're going to have to wait. I'm not going to die quickly. <laughs> he was not impressed with my response. But that was a defining moment. Because it showed me that my son is called for ministry. I really believe God spoke to him with other words as well. But so now we are making him part of, you know, went to Grafrenet missions and we made Vian part of the missions. And, and often, you know, even when we, when we go places, Vian's also worship, all, always worshiping with us. When in the, in the car, I'm always worshiping in the car and I'm praying in the spirit. And then Vian's also, hallelujah, you know, and he's, he's joining in. Because we, we're creating an environment of drawing near to God, but I, 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 we know who we, we get glimpses of who he is. And so we're going to, we, we, we help him walk in the direction. But every word gives grace, empowerment, so that we can walk that journey. Man, I love prophecy. Anything can happen with Saul. I mean, he was a nobody, young man, insecure, and suddenly the prophet comes and says, you are destined to be king. God has chosen you. You have no idea who you are. You have no idea what you're called to do. But God says, this is who you are. And this is what your future looks like. And then it happens. What would be possible if we would upgrade prophetic grace in our midst? I mean, currently God's doing beautiful things. I mean, we are, we have a culture of prophesying, praying over people. We encourage one another. So it's wonderful. But I have good news. There's more. There's more. There's more that God wants to lead you and me into. You cannot earn the gifts of the Spirit because it's a gift. But you can ask for it. You can pursue it. You can position yourself in a place and say, Lord, I pray, I ask that you'd pour this out upon us. So what is prophecy? Just quick definition. There are different definitions concerning this, but one of the main things is connecting people to God's nature, to who God really is. Prophecy reveals who God is. Prophecy, you can put it on there, it gives us eyes to see and ears to hear. It gives you eyes to see who somebody really is. You're working with somebody, maybe it's somebody, and, and, and their lives are maybe a mess. And in your flesh, you want to like, oh, I have no faith for this. I want to run away. But what about asking God, God, what are you seeing? And suddenly the Holy Spirit reveals to you who this person really is. No, they're not just a drug addict mess up. I'm seeing a holy man of God. I'm seeing a son of God. I'm seeing somebody whose life is, is going to get turned around. And then when you speak it into being, it releases grace. So ask God, God, what are you seeing? Eyes to see, ears to hear. It is speaking things into being. There's a guy who's now passed away. His name is Kim Clement, a prophetic guy. He actually he came from, came from Eitenach, but he became famous in the United States on playing on the piano. Incredible prophetic worship, and he proclaimed. I, I just saw on their website. Just checked it out yesterday. Um, but there's like ten significant prophecies that came to pass like political, national. So in 2000, uh, early 2000s, he prophesied America will have a, an African-American president. 
he prophesied it came to pass. 2006, he prophesied, he said, Trump, Trump will become a trumpet. He spoke about Donald Trump becoming the president. Whether you like him or not, don't worry now about that. <laughs> Point being is he spoke into being a whole lot of other things that God used um, him to, to speak into being. And one of his, the things he said this is beautiful. He says, I see you in the future and you look way better than you look now. <laughs> I see you in the future and you look way better than you're looking like now. Amen. You see, there's a brand of prophecy or the prophetic that is unfortunately very dark and, 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 and it, bre- it breaks people down. It's just judgment. Oh, God's so upset with you. Uh, you're such a sinner. You're so horrible. And I, I don't know if that's the main deal. When I look at the New Testament, if I look at the heart of a loving father, he wants to call us higher. He doesn't want to break us down. He won't tell us how useless we are and pathetic we are. I don't know, but that's as a loving dad, I want to call my son higher. And I believe that's the true prophecy. I'm looking at you. New, the primary deal of New Testament prophecy, it's always redemptive. Always calls us higher. It wants to look at you and say, but this is who you really are. And this is what I've planned for you. Now, Sean Boltz is uh, one of the leading prophetic voices, I believe. And he, and he has incredible... Um, Incredible, incredible uh, stories. I'm going to share one of them in a moment. But he says on the next slide there, it says, this is the goal of prophecy. To connect people to the empowering nature of God. So they can become like Him and display His marvelous nature to all the earth. Isn't that beautiful? To connect people to the empowering nature of God. To reveal to them who God really is, loving Father. Able to do anything, almighty, all-powerful, so that they can become like Him, so we can represent Him well, and then display His marvelous nature to all the earth. And I shared this last week. Why the gifts of the Spirit? Because of love. Because of revealing who God truly is. That's why we need the gifts of the Spirit. And that's also why one of the keys, if you want to prophesy correctly, if you want to truly impact others, the state of your heart needs to be good. If you're full of anger, bitterness, unbelief, hopelessness, negativity, you're going to prophesy like that. You're going to see the wrong things. You're going to hear the wrong. You're going to see unbelieving things. You're going to, you're going to be, be judgmental. You're going to, oh, God's going to kill you. <laughs> and he doesn't really want to kill people. That's not, uh, that's not his primary, that's not plan A. <laughs> Plan A is not go around killing people. Jesus didn't go around killing people. Okay? But, but when our hearts become bitter and angry, and maybe you, maybe say you're divorced and you're angry with your ex, you're gonna, if you, if you don't deal with the bitterness, the anger, if you don't forgive, man, you're gonna see bad things in that, in his future or her future. You know? So you need to allow God to heal and restore and you need to forgive. And the enemy is continuously attacking our hearts. Because he wants to defile us. He wants us when we prophesy, that we prophesy out of anger and irritation and looking down upon people. He wants us to misrepresent God. And God of love is good. He, he, he wants to release life. So evaluate your heart. 
Evaluate your heart, otherwise you, your prophecies will become distorted. You need to be full of hope, full of faith, full of love. And then you can release good things. And so 1 Corinthians 14, 1, it's not on the screen, but it just speaks of Paul's exhortation for us to desire the gifts of the Spirit, but especially prophecy. Especially prophecy. You need to desire it, and you need to pursue it. So I'm going to give us four keys of how you and I can build out or ignite the prophetic. Four keys, say, say if uh, there's a small little stream representing the prophetic grace in your life, you want to build out that stream. How do we build out that stream that becomes like the, the Amazon River of the anointing of the, of the goodness of God? So the first, the first key, you need to believe that prophecy is for all. Come on, say all. It's for everybody. Come on, say it's for me. Prophecy is for all sons and servants. So you need to be anchored in your identity in God. You need to be a son or a daughter of God. You need to know, I am loved, I am secure. Because if you, if you attach your significance to the gifts of the Spirit, you're going to have trouble. Because when you miss it, you're going to feel down, and you're, gonna, and, and you're not going to allow feedback in your life, because you, you're, you're connecting your identity to your gifting. Or the grace of God in your life, and you can't. You need to be a son or a daughter of God, secure in God. Okay? Very critical identity. Secondly, you also need to be a servant. In other words, you and I need to say, we, we need to know the purpose of the gifts. The purpose of the gifts are to bless others. So if you want God to give you more grace, more prophecy, more of the gifts, you need to position yourself in a place where you say, God, I want to be your servant. I want to serve your purposes. I want to seek first the kingdom of God. Lord, I'm available to be a blessing to others. Uh, I sometimes wonder over the years why the Lord has spoken to me more than, say, some other people. I would say one reason, primary reason, obviously, the one is the sovereign grace of God. The other reason is I am seeking first the kingdom. God, I'm available. This is not for my own glorification. This is not for me. I want to love people well. God, please speak to me. So you need to get the purpose right. And I believe it's, it's three steps. If you, if, you, if, the, the, if you want to get more of the gifts, significantly more, then you need to purpose to see souls saved. That's that, the, the people that are passionate about seeing people saved, they get more of the gifts. Secondly, you will also get more gifts if you say, God, I want to serve your body well. I want to love your bride well. Then God's also going to give you, but he gives more to those who say, I want souls saved. Secondly, I want to serve your body. And then thirdly, obviously, God wants to speak to you and he wants to bless your life. And you can ask him, Lord, lead me, guide me. But that is third in line. If you put number one and two more, your priority, you're going to receive more. So look at this, John 10, 27 says, my sheep hear my voice. And I know them and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice. Are you a sheepy? We know, oh, a pastor from Cape Town. He was always talking about sheepies. Jesus is sheepies. <laughs> are you a sheep? Have you surrendered your life to Jesus? Well, if you are a child of God, you hear his voice. You are able to hear the voice of God. But then it says there, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. 
So in other words, you can't say, Lord, I want prophecy. Yeah, I want to hear your voice. I want to be profound. I want to be deep. But you're not going to obey his voice. Not going to work. <laughs> the Lord will skip you. He's going to move to other people who are willing to obey. And one of the things that's part of my, my, my de- spiritual DNA from a young age is like, I'm going to obey Jesus. God, you say it, I'm going to do it. Okay, so you need to have that heart added. God, I want to follow you. Lord, I'm going to, uh, you, you're the good shepherd. I sometimes pick up that people are um, afraid to ask God. What if I'm not going to ask him who's my husband? Because what if he chooses an ugly husband? So I'm rather not going to ask. I'm going to run the other way and figure this out myself. No, man, then you don't understand the nature of God. He's going to choose somebody that is perfect for you. He knows you better than you know yourself. He's a good father. He has a good plan for you. That's why I know when God says it, I'm going to do it because it's good for me and for his kingdom. So you must trust. Come on, let's say it. I trust him. You must trust him. You must know that he's a loving father. You can trust him with your whole heart. He's the good shepherd. Then Acts 2.16, it says, But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. So this is for everybody. And the result of this is your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants, my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they shall prophesy. So you receive the spirit of God. So you need to grow in your relationship with the Holy Spirit. And make yourself available. Say, God, please speak to me. I want to, I want to hear your voice for the sake of others. Here's a beautiful story from Sean Boltz's book, Translating God. So he was in some city somewhere, and he went out late at night to get some food. And as he was walking out uh, to get food, a guy came to him who was a pimp. And the pimp wanted to offer him one of his girls. And, 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 and he pointed Sean to the little girl over there. It's like a 15-year-old girl or something, like a young girl and two boys next to her. And he was so upset that this guy would, you know, abuse these young people. So he actually said, well, may I talk to, to, to them, him, to them, and, and to her, and, she, and he went to them. And this is the rest of the story. So he says, so he wanted to, he basically said to her, asked her, may I pray for you and reveal to you who you really are and what God's plan is for your life. Basically that. So he said, so he said to her, okay, borrow my faith and repeat after me, then wait for an answer. He is going to talk inside of you. She doesn't know Jesus, but he's going to say, borrow my faith, borrow my anointing, and ask Jesus who you really are. Because you're on the streets, you've been chucked out, you've run away from home. What is God saying to you? So he led her in this prayer. And he said, Jesus, you love me and created me to enjoy life and live it to its fullness. Show me something that I was created for. The next moment, she said, phew. And the two guys on either side were giggling until she said that. She looked like she legitimately felt she heard something. What did you hear? I asked. I heard I should be a cook. 
She said it with no insecurity, but had a look of wonder on her face like she had never expected that there could be anything else than the nothingness that had driven her to the streets. You mean like a chef? Do you, do you like to cook food? I asked. I think so. I haven't really done it much, but yeah, I do. She was amazed. Before I let her ponder too much, I said, God, wouldn't you give, wouldn't, God wouldn't give you such a great idea without giving you steps to take, like tomorrow, toward this dream. So let's ask him for some steps. Repeat after me. Father, you showed me something that I can do that would make me feel fulfilled and feel your heart. What is a step I can take this week toward it? She repeated that and then said, whoa. Her friend next to her had huge, wide eyes and said, what, Kayla? God said to call my uncle who owns a diner. I never talked to him because my mom hated him. And ne never let us call him or see him. Notice, the first time she just heard something inside, the second time she knew it was God and acknowledged him. And then he said, Kayla, do you promise me you will call him tomorrow and talk to him about this? She promised she would. We were exchanging phone numbers when the guy next to her said he wanted a dream too. So, <laughs> so we prayed, and he had a similar encounter. Kayla called me the day she talked to her uncle. He and his wife were Christians had been praying for her, especially since she had run away. They were so happy that she called. She told them what God showed her. They hired her and brought her to live with them. She was an incredible asset to their business, such a hard worker, and very smart about ideas that could bring in a fresh crowd to the diner they owned. It was frequented mostly by older locals. The business grew fast as she partnered with them, both on food and business topics. It was so amazing. Because when she was turning 17, she called me to update me on an amazing turnaround in life. She'd been saved for a while, was living with her uncle and aunt, had finished school early with a high, full high school degree. She managed their diner too. Then she said, uncle wants to open up another location and wants me to be co-owner and help. Come on, give Jesus praise for that. That's just beautiful. That is the power of prophecy. I mean, imagine we would create an environment where all of us begin to hear God's voice and we, what I call like a burning bush moment, we can create an environment where we can say, hey, I'm going to pray with you. Ask God, who are you really? Yes, you're on the streets. Yes, you're down or out. But who are you really and what is God? And what are the steps that God has called you to? I mean, our God has a solution to every problem. Amen. So I'm like, Lord, how epic would that be if you and I could facilitate such encounters? So I'm like, Lord, I want to hear your voice better. I want to, I want to, I want to facilitate this in the name of Jesus. So the first thing, I'm not going to get to all of the points, but the first, first point is prophecies for everybody, for sons, servants. The second thing I want to share is you need the right spirit attitude. It's all, and then you need the right spirit attitude. So Matthew 5 verse 3, it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In other words, blessed are those who realize how small and powerless and useless we are without God, without His spirit. In other words, there needs to be humility, a hunger. God, we need more. One of the biggest mistakes you can make, and I often tell this, pick this up with people, they, they're happy with where they're at. They're actually offended that we would call them 
to more. Like, how dare you? No, no, I'm not saying what you have is not bad. I'm just saying there's more. <laughs> and, and we see this in, in, in Revelation 4.1. It says there, Then as I looked, I saw a door standing open in heaven, and the same voice I had heard before spoke to me like a trumpet blast. The voice said, Come up here, and I will show you what must happen after this. I believe this is such a picture of coming higher. God is speaking to us, say, hey, come up here. Come higher. Stop looking at life through human fleshly eyes. Stop looking at life through negativity and hopelessness and despair. Stop looking at life according to what the newspapers are saying and, and other people who know nothing about what God is saying about our nation, about our environments, about our cities, about our lives. I'd rather go with God than people who know nothing about the future. And so I believe God is calling us higher because there's more. So the spirit attitude you and I need to have is this. There is more. Come on, let's say it. There's more. For me. You need to believe it. You need to desire it. Then you need to believe it. And then you need to pursue it. So in, in 2012, end of 2012, we, we were like, I, I really felt the Holy Spirit say to me, we need to pursue the prophetic because the prophetic will unlock all the other gifts of the Spirit. So for those who were here at that time, we got Chris Vallotton's video series on growing in the prophetic because we didn't have it. So we checked and we said, well, there's somebody with grace on his life. He's moving in undeniable fruit of the Spirit, gifts of the Spirit. So man, we're going to humble ourselves and we're going to honor what's on his life and so we watched, like we had like every, once a week for three, four, five weeks, I can't remember how long we did it. We watched these videos and we didn't only watch the videos, we added our faith to the game. We said, Lord, we see what's on Chris's life, a real prophet of God. And he's humble and there's good fruit in his life. Lord, the grace, the empowerment that is on his life, please give some of that to us. <laughs> and we did experience at the end of 2012, the prophetic in my life went into another dimension. I began to hear God's voice like never before. I started to hear God's voice for other people, prophesying over people. My prophecies went from a minute or two to sometimes 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and, and, and life-changing stuff with grace, backing people up. So what happened? I had a little stream, and now a bigger river started to flow into my little stream. It's called impartation. And if you want more of the fullness of the Spirit, you need to humble yourself. You say, God, I see something on someone's life. Lord, I see something on Andre's life. May I have some of that? It's not, it's not, it's not an illegal prayer to pray. Because <laughs> it's not me, it's the grace of God on me. So, so you say, Lord, I thank you for what is Andre's life. God, I thank you for more of that in my life. Lord, I see what's in Chris's life, Chris Valentin's life. Lord, I thank you for more of that in my life. Lord, I thank you for, for that evangelist, for what's on his life, Lord. And I, as I read his book and as I watch the videos and as I expose myself to, to the grace on his life, Lord, I ask that you would pour that into my life. This works. It works, I promise you. So I, I watched some of Sean Boltz's videos a, a month or two ago, just before we went to Marmersbury. And man, he, he flows in words of knowledge incredibly. So I'm watching the videos in my office and then I just start, okay, even as it's just, I'm going to start praying, Lord, I thank you for what's in this man's life. 
I want to hear your voice like he does. And yes, maybe I'll never be where he is at, but I want some of that grace to flow into my life. And then over the next few weeks, I was flowing in words of knowledge. It was epic. It was beautiful. You see, it's grace. It's not you. It's the grace, the anointing of God that flows into your life. But how we normally do, most churches and most people like, I I know. I have what I have. Ah, and we will judge the other churches, and we will judge other people, and we will criticize them because we don't agree with everything. So, oh, they, uh, they have the devil. Because <laughs> we don't agree with that theology or that theology. No, no, no. Ignore. Theology doesn't need to be perfect. <laughs> Just see there's grace in someone's life. There's good fruit. There's humility, godliness, and real ministry fruit. And you say, God, please. So that's my prayer for us for this month. Say, Lord, Please, increase the grace of the gifts of the Spirit in our lives. And this is Matthew 10, verse, verse 40. One of the, the key principles, how this works, about, about honor. It says, he who receives you, receives me. So there needs to be a confidence. When you and I, when we go around, it's like, man, Jesus is in me. You reject me, you reject Jesus. Well, that's a little bit maybe too, but taking it too far. But uh, <laughs> when you're walking away and someone has rejected the message of Christ, you can say, Lord, I thank you that you're with me. You're being rejected with me. But he who receives you receives me. And he who receives me receives him who sent me. And then he says, he receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. What's the reward? It's grace. It's empowerment. So if you honor the fivefold ministers, people who move in the fullness of the Spirit in a certain area of their lives, certain grace upon their lives, as you honor them, I receive them as an evangelist. I receive that man as a prophet. And I thank you, Lord, for that grace to flow into my life. Then you can go into another dimension of prophecy. It said, he receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. So even if you just receive a righteous man, in other words, if you receive the person sitting next to you. You see, Jesus lives in each one of us if you've committed your life to Christ. But, but, but when you and I, your, your, your brother, your sister in Christ next to you can, if you, if you esteem them, you say, Lord, I thank you that Jesus Christ lives in them. So we're going to spend time now in our life groups, for instance. We're going to be praying over one another. We're going to trust God for words in our life groups this week, in the coming few weeks. We're going to trust that God's going to come and reveal things to us, glimpses of who we are, glimpses of the future, glimpses of his plan for our lives. So, so no, you don't need Andre to pray for you. You don't need the apostle from America to come pray for you. It can be anybody with a sincere heart unto God. Amen. So we, we, we don't worship fivefold ministers. We honor the grace of God, the anointing on their lives. We don't allow fivefold ministers to abuse us or use us or manipulate us. But we can receive grace from the, the real deal. So it, in the last bit there, and whoever gives one of these little ones a, a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, as surely I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. I mean, that's so beautiful. Jesus is saying, if you give a little one a cup of water, you're going to receive a reward. For me, in this context, it says to me, if you pray over somebody, you go, you, you make effort to, to get a word for somebody. You, you set time aside in your 
say, in your devotional time, and instead of just focusing on what God is saying to you, you pray for some of your people in your life group or family member, or maybe somebody at work, and you say, Lord, please give me a word for them. And then when you give the word, it's like, it's like giving a cup of cold water in the desert, dry, thirsty land, and you get a reward. And Jesus says, well done. So proud of you. You represented me. You released life and hope into somebody's life. You will be blessed. God will reward you. You see, the, the power of prophetic grace, when it's when more than just a nice word, it's more than just an encouragement, it's a, a word from the heart of God and there's grace on it. The, how this works is, the moment that prophetic grace is released, the word is released, you can now do what you couldn't do five minutes ago. Because of the word. Because of the word. You see, there's grace that comes with it. So if it's truly a word from God, it empowers you to do what you couldn't do five minutes ago. And now you obviously need to step out. Now you need to start walking in the direction of that word. Now you need to start moving in that direction. Like us, 20, end of 2012, after this time with the prophetic and, and growing in the prophetic, the Lord said to me, there's an outpouring of physical healing coming. Trust me for this. So then I had to step out, and then we started to see God move. Amen. So two things there. I always want to highlight. The spirit attitude is a great confidence in what's available to you, but also a great humility in saying, there's more. God, we ask you for more. Amen. Thank you for listening. Find more on Showfire East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.